All Heart with Paul Cardall goes beyond the typical interview podcast to dive deep into life's biggest issues. Born with a congenital heart defect and a heart transplant recipient, Paul has a unique perspective that facilitates powerful, educational, and engaging conversations about overcoming obstacles and making the impossible possible. With his second chance at life, the pianist wants to give people hope and a sense of calm through his music. Beyond that, he is seeking to shine a light on the powerful voices of others. His guests truly define what it means to be all heart. They share with us what drives them, what keeps them carrying on in the face of adversity, and how they strive to do their best and make the world a better place. Paul is proud to share his conversations with you here on the American Songwriter Podcast Network. While I'm alive, will it was, though I know the road won't be all clear, won't let the chaos overwhelm, gonna stand my ground, gonna stay right here, gonna stand my ground, gonna stay right here. Hello, everyone. I'm Paul Cardall. Welcome to All Heart. You don't have to be a musician to understand the frustrating moments when you want to throw your dream out the window and just quit. On those days, the road ahead is simply too much. It's just overwhelming. With hundreds of thousands of other talented people who all want to do what you want to do, the competition alone for musicians is enough to send us to the pawn shop to trade in our guitar for something, anything, but the agonizing thought of continuing to fail. So what is it that keeps a musician going? What is it that keeps you going? Where does the drive come from? Well, it's been said that everybody who is somebody that was a nobody at one time discovered their niche, a niche is what makes you and your music unique. It's what sets you apart from all the rest. Well, recently I downloaded TikTok because they donated $375 million to the COVID-19 relief fund. I had to find out what is this all about? Have you experienced the overload of what seems like everyone and their dog doing all kinds of mindless activities just to get your attention. This is TikTok. It started as a free social media app that lets you watch, create, and share videos off into a soundtrack of the top hits in music right on your phone. Look, this is a really overwhelming app. It's like walking through the market in a foreign land and seeing things you can't believe and things you wish you never saw. I was shocked by the vast majority of people and what they were willing to do for attention. Shortly before finally making my exit because I was exhausted, out of nowhere was this young man playing the guitar and singing some of my favorite worship tunes. His voice, his guitar playing was so good. I thought, who is this? This is clearly a celebrity. This is somebody who's very important because he's touching me. His music, I feel it so deeply. And then as I looked closer, I realized, oh my gosh, he only has one arm. And he's playing the guitar 
with what looked like an elbow. And I realized this is some kind of congenital defect. He has a hand where he's able to form the chords with the guitar. And yet the other arm, which is not all there, is strumming the guitar. Here, right before me in the chaos of TikTok was something so beautiful. Tony Memel, he was singing praise and gratitude. His smile was infectious. He was thanking God for the beautiful life and what looked like the perfect situation for him to play the guitar. So I wanted him on this show because this is a young man who is all heart. Tony Memel is a Wisconsin native. He came to Nashville with a dream that he considers his purpose. He clearly has found his niche. He's a singer-songwriter, he's an educator, and the United States government actually flies him to other countries as an ambassador to share music with people of different nationalities. Welcome to the program, Tony. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for that kind introduction. It's so great to be on the podcast today. You've said that each of us are born with a purpose. What do you mean by that? And when did you discover your purpose? I am a firm believer in faith, which drives my life. So my belief that people are born with purpose, it comes from scripture, comes from what I believe is written on my heart to know and to share with people is that uh, we are created in an image and that uh, some things we may be able to pray for and, and God heals and some things God puts in our lives to, to shape us. And that's what I mean by purpose. I believe that we each have a gift, a talent, an ability that we are given, that we are meant to craft and to hone and then to bring out into the world to, to share and to, uh, to shed light on what has been given to us to reflect that goodness in our lives. And you obviously have a unique gift. I, you know, right here before us, everyone who's watching sees that you have something unique. Tell us about that and tell us, uh, tell, yeah, there you go. Tell us, how are you able to play the guitar? It was a long process. Um, I first started getting really interested in playing the guitar when I was about 13 years old. I loved what I, I loved rock music. So, and guitar was the primary instrument in most of the, music I was listening to. I had a friend from school named Max, and Max had an amazing gift himself because he could hear music off the radio. Before the song was even done playing, he could play it on a guitar without ever even looking at a single note of music. And I thought, that is so cool. The most cool thing I've seen, I want to be able to do that too. So I started researching how I could and, and brainstorming really about how I could make guitar a part of my life because I was born with one hand. And so I had always learned to do things differently. I played baseball, I swam, I liked to, I drive a car, you know, but it was the guitar that really challenged me in a whole different unique way because I had to come up with this whole different style and an adaptive method. So I went to the library, I picked out every single book I could find about guitars. And I saw in this stack of books, this, there were a few pictures of people, even though almost everybody plays guitar where they strum with their right hand and hold the instrument with the left, there were three guitarists in, the, in that rock and roll history book that played this way, where they strum with the left and hold the instrument with the, the right. And I thought, I could do that. 
And those three, those three, obviously, is Paul McCartney. <laughs> yep, that's one. Jimmy, Jimi um, Hendrix, and who's Jimi Hendrix, and who's the other guy? That's right. And then Kurt Cobain played lefty. Kurt. Oh, no kidding. I didn't know that. I wonder yeah. if there are any females who do that. Good question. Uh, I, I now teach adaptive guitar lessons from all that time and effort that went into developing guitar myself. So I know some, some lefty female up-and-coming players um, who are students, but I, I don't know very many offhand who play lefty just off the top of my head. I'm also left-handed, so when I saw you playing, it looked right. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no pun intended, but you know it looked right. So, so I thought that was fantastic. Can you show us? Uh, maybe there's a, a hymn or something. You know that you're a man of faith. Maybe there's a hymn or something you want to play yeah. for us to kind of demonstrate how you do this. Sure. So, I'm going to start today. I, I, I want to play "Amazing Grace." Do you have a pick in your? Do you have a pick? How yes. did you play that? Okay. And you've so got, after, duct, you've got yeah, duct tape so I, on there too. Right. That's right. So after being initially inspired by my friend Max and saving up to buy my first guitar, I started to try to create my first sounds on the instrument. And with just my arm on its own, it creates a very soft sound. You can you can, really can't hear the strings. You can't pluck individual strings like I wanted to sound like it was on the radio or what I could imagine my sound to be. So. I went around my house with an empty shoebox and I filled it full of supplies like tape and glue and strings and socks. And I just started to create like a scientist to try and build an adaptive cast on my arm. Because remember when we were talking about purpose before, I have a space on the end of my arm that is the exact size of a guitar pick. No kidding. So, so literally like God, God gave you this perfect arm to play guitar because the pick fits right in. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And that's what I've, what I've been uh, trying to share with people as part of that purpose message and part of this cast is that it is exactly how it was purposefully and uniquely and wonderfully made. I love that so much, you know, because 
my audience knows with my congenital defect, I draw on that and these experiences of being in the hospital, of meeting people with other defects. That's where I pull a lot of my, I want to say the light, the light that's in this world. I pull all that and I try to then communicate through music all those feelings because there's a lot of darkness in this world and it takes those of us who are passionate about the light. I, and I kind of compare it to, you know, there's moths and butterflies. Everyone loves butterflies. They're beautiful. They're gorgeous. But how often do we actually think about the moths? The moths, they do the same thing. The butterflies, they're out gathering food during the day. And the moths, they're kind of like the musicians. They're out at night. They're bringing light to people. And they're actually upset. They know darkness. They know pain. They know challenges. But they are absolutely obsessed with the light. That's why we see moths constantly doing that. And I've often considered myself you know, a moth among butterflies. What do you think about something like that in comparison to where, you know, you've got this unique ability and yet you're able to play just like any other butterfly? Hmm. That's really interesting. I have never thought of it that way as the, the moth and butterfly comparison. I think that the way that you drew it together with that they're drawn to the light is something that I can really identify with because I like to try and share, like we talked about earlier, I like to try and shed and share that light and reflect uh, what I've been given. Um, and so if, if that attracts moths or butterflies, I'm happy either way. That's, uh, <laughs> but I also know that it's not, it's my job. It's my call to make the music. And then I do my best with, you know, whatever, business acumen and whatever sharing that I can possibly do and tools that are available to me. But at the same time, I don't have full say over where that goes in the world or who it touches and who sees that light eventually. And many times you don't even know, like the ripple from a stone that goes into a lake. You don't know how far out that goes. You don't know where that seed that you cast is actually being spread to and what parts it's landing on and working on over time. That's God's work. I do what I do and he does what he does. When did you when did you first discover your relationship with God? Because obviously he is the driving force behind the energy that you have, this optimistic spirit, despite the odds, you know, people consider, oh, he's got something wrong with him. When in reality, I see it as an advantage because yeah. these are the things that humble us. What yes. is it? And when when did you really recognize or first know that this, you know, as they say in the third step of AA, let go and let God. When, when did that moment come into your life? I was raised in the faith. I, I grew up in the Lutheran church and we went to church on Sundays. I sang in the church choir. Um, I led uh, as a worship leader a little bit later uh, in my early 20s. I started doing an acoustic service where I, you know, took all those hymns and those popular worship songs and shared them uh, as a church leader, uh, I would say that my life really transformed even more after moving to Nashville and being working in the church. Uh, we live downtown Nashville and we're working in the church and, the, and working a lot in the community, working a lot in the homeless community. And um, just had a really good small group there that uh, we were really challenging each other and working on intentionality and really deeply getting into the scripture even more. So having that really nice, strong bed of, of, of faith and knowledge growing up, but then you're like really digging into it, praying more intentionally really started in the last five or six years. Do you think that's what 
helps you understand your purpose and what, what purpose actually means. What, you know, for, for people that are listening, trying to understand, you know, really narrow in their purpose. Is that where you draw that, that conclusion from? Yes, I do. I think that that's exactly where I believe it all comes from. So I am often, I often visit schools and churches and I visit a lot of places around the world in a more secular setting. And I share a similar message that I would share in a, in a church, but uh, with, with all of that, those considerations in mind. But I also know that at some point, there's only so far you can go in a, in a worldly message that without bringing God into it as the one who, who created it all and made it, made those purposes, right? So it's it, hard. Uh, it, it's hard, right? It it's hard for believers to not go there. Yeah. So I, I try to, uh, I, I go there at, as best as I can and as often as I can, and, um, and especially in private conversations. And, uh, and I just try and, and one thing I've really noticed though, is the same way that I described before about that it's not really completely up to us. I've had people come up to me in, in, in situations that you might not expect who just knew that I was a Christian, knew that there was something in me. They, they, uh, give me a letter that, uh, for example, I was in, Malaysia years ago, and I was singing to a room of, of students. It was a, and that's a predominantly um, Muslim country. And somebody came up to me after the concert and handed me a letter that said they were a missionary there as a Christian missionary and just knew that we had Christ in our lives. And I, so like, it, even though I wasn't giving an explicitly Christian message that day, the message still resonates. I love that. And I think that's absolutely beautiful. Is there, is there another hymn? you might have that you want to play for yeah. us? You know what? I, I, love, I, I love watching. I love listening. Thank you. I, I love to sing. I love to play. So I'm really glad to have the opportunity to do that here today. I'm going to play, uh, I'm going to play a song. I sing this song to my son every night when I put him to bed uh, at night. This is called This Little Light of Mine. This Little Light of Mine I'm going to let it shine This Little Light of Mine Yeah, man. Yeah. That was right. so awesome. I love that tune. It's so <laughs> good. Too. Now, obviously, you mentioned you've been traveling quite a bit. I know, according to your bio, that you're an ambassador for a couple of things. First, the uh, American Music Abroad Academy and the Lucky Finn Project. Tell us, tell us about those things. That's right. The American Music, American Music Abroad is a program that works in cooperation with the United States Department of States, uh, State and our embassies and our consulates around the world. Uh, we bring culture, 
and music to nations all around the world and engage in building cultural bridges through music. So music ends up being the tool to have conversations about lots of different things. And mm -hmm. I'm often, I'm frequently brought in as an ambassador to work in uh, especially disability and different ability communities around the globe. So sharing the, the message that I shared today about building my adaptive cast, how I learned to play the guitar, how you, and then also trying to hopefully inspire conversation about what they can do in their lives. And uh, we, I learned some songs from the countries that I visit, and then they also learn some songs from us, and we do musical collaborations, and we visit hospitals, schools, and churches, and just try and build, build goodwill. And um, it's, it's been one of the joys of my life to be an ambassador for that program. Are there, is there one particular person that you've been able to do some service with that has really stood out, that has really changed you in a way? Is there one particular child? Oh, uh, I can think of a lot of stories, Paul. Uh, the one that I just shared with you from Malaysia is one that always sticks out to me. Mm -hmm. uh, that was on an American Music Abroad tour that that person came up to me. I also have had the opportunity, years ago, I was leading a workshop, a guitar workshop in Indonesia in a city called Surabaya. And I learned after the as after the event had, had begun and I was already sitting down with people to do adaptive instruction, that one boy who was visually impaired had traveled seven hours to come and just to sit with me and maybe to be able to make music a part of his life. And we were able to trouble, not, I, I wouldn't even call it troubleshoot. We were just able to sit down with the guitar and start to make, make first sounds and, uh, and to adapt how chords could be created and things. And uh, it just really struck me that day, just, uh, I think that's, it's, it's incredible to think of the, the desire in that person and really the light and the, the want to make music a part of their lives. And then with just a little bit of help, it really sent them on their way in a whole, whole new light. It's, it sounds like what brings you the most joy and that, you know, you're smiling, you're happy. Is it because you're serving people or is it just because you love music? Where does all that joy, where is that coming from? What is the, what do you, what do you encourage people to do who are sad or depressed and to have this optimism that you seem to have? For me, a lot of it comes down to start, starting by going out and doing something. So for me, it really helps to be I, a lot of people ask me, aren't you exhausted from those tours? I mean, we do, we do three events a day. It's uh, sometimes challenging conditions. Sometimes the PA just doesn't work at all. Sometimes, you know, when you're going to be singing for 300 people that day. Um, there's a lot of things that, that challenge you. There's a lot of things that could be seen as barriers to sharing and shedding purpose in the world. And what I, what I often find, though, is in those same scenarios, just by going out and trying and being in it, that you're also given a lot back. And you referenced something like that before, too, that like when you have that sit down with that boy who traveled seven hours just to meet you, just because maybe you might be able to help a little bit with the guitar, that fuels me, that, that is like, that is fuel for my soul. That makes me want to get up and, and never, never stop, you know? So that's what I would encourage people to do is to keep, you know, be aware of what, what kind of purpose, what kind of things are on your mind that if, if you're looking for that purpose in your life. What do you wake up in the morning thinking about and, and go to bed at night just wanting to do and start there? 
and, and start just, just digging into it. When I first started on guitar, I didn't know I was going to have the opportunity to go out and share this style of message, this part of a message. I just wanted to be able to write and play my own songs. But by doing that, it ended up revealing purpose later on in my life. Right. And at the beginning, when I was introducing this, the show today, we were talking about how artists have to have a particular niche. I don't think this is your niche. I, I think this is a tool, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, to help you fulfill your niche, which is in a way more like a ministry where you are just playing from the heart with the smile, uh, you're passionate about what you do. That is a light that is transferred to somebody who is watching. It's infectious. It's the same reason I wanted to have you on the show is because of the, the you know, I want to make the world a better place. And it, we need people like you to overlook their challenges and go, look, I, I was purpose. I was made by God with a purpose. And here I am fulfilling my purpose. You know, aside from, in addition to the American Music Abroad Academy, you're you're part of the Lucky Finn Project. What is what is the Lucky Finn Project? Lucky Finn is a reference to the Disney Pixar film Finding Nemo. Okay. Uh, Nemo Nemo is a fish who is born with a small fin, and his father affectionately refers to it as his Lucky Finn. And Nemo has become sort of a symbol for especially children today who are born like me with lucky fins. And so we try to get literature into hospitals, into clinics, so that when a parent finds out at their ultrasound, at their first ultrasound, that their child's going to be born with a difference, that they have other positive information coming in as well about what kind of amazing things they can expect from their child's life. If you, if you rewind back to when I was a baby, my parents didn't know I was going to be born with a hand difference. I was immediately taken from the, the hospital room where I was born and rushed to another section of the hospital so they could perform tests on me. Nobody knew what it was called uh, or what the cause had possibly been. And so it was just a swirl of confusion. So it's pretty neat now to know that parents go into the delivery room and they are already connected with a the community. They already know, you know, can uh, have some some friends to talk with when they have questions or when they have concerns. And, uh, and, and that's kind of the core of the mission. I, as an ambassador, travel to schools and churches, communities around the, the country and the world. And it's, it's as simple as sometimes having a meal with a, with a, a family who has a, a lucky fit child and just demonstrating how I build my cast or talking about school or sports or whatever it happens to be and just being a positive uh, influence in people's lives. I love that. It's so beautiful when, you know, for me personally, when I finally recognize that my defect is not something to be ashamed of, but something to embrace, you know, I've got my scar that's evidence of my, my defect. And yet I, I think it's a beautiful gift from God that's enabled me to communicate the love I feel for him and the love I feel for other people through music. And it's, but it's actually when you get out and you start playing for people and talking to people during shows or after shows and seeing the way that music impacts them for good. I, it's, it, you know, so I completely relate with what you're talking about. You also have released several recordings. Uh, I think this, you have a new album called The Last Frontier, 
And how many other how many other projects have you done? I've done a lot of projects. I, 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 I never am good at this counting of it. I think about seven albums, and then I've done a lot of singles and EPs and things like that. Uh, but this one is just brand new. It's just about two weeks old. Um, I call it Frontier Hearts. It's about going into unknown and uncertainty with faith and hope and courage. So the songs are songs that I had recorded in my home studio and I, I worked on, uh, you know, to release in this time of COVID-19 and the coronavirus. Uh, I think they could, they're songs that I've sung for a long time, but they seem very uh, necessary right now. So I wanted to put them into the world and, and share them. Is there one that uh, particular from that album that you want to play for us? I would love to. You know, I had a question for you, Paul. When, when did you start to uh, feel that your difference, or you, you refer to it as your, your defect, when did you um, start to, did you always use that or uh, feel that that was something that you could share with people very openly or as part of your music and ministry yourself? Or when did you come around to that? Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I was going to ask you a question and I'm actually going to read this. I say, because I was born with congenital heart defect and talk openly about a lifetime of heart surgeries, I've been criticized for using my defect to sell albums. And I was going to ask you what you think about that, if you've had that problem, uh, because, you know, people today are very judgmental because we live in a very visual world. And when you have 15 seconds to present yourself on a platform like TikTok, how are you going to present yourself? And I've seen people do the wildest things to where this is the least of the concerns uh, because I, at least I know that I'm not doing something that my mother would be disappointed in. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, even a great Leslie Jordan, uh, who is the TikTok sensation, the actor from Will and Grace, he always talks about his mother that mother would not be happy if I say this or that. And I think that's part of the affection we all have for him. But, but I don't know. What about you? What about you? Do you feel like it's, you know, that's kind of, it kind of gets you in the door or do you, I mean, cause I like to approach it as, Oh, that's something else that he's got going on. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good question. I think years ago, I think, I think it sort of blends together as both. So what, what I would say is that early on in my guitar playing life, it was important for me to want to play to a caliber, to a level, that if you put Tony Memel on the radio, you wouldn't know if he had one hand, two hands, or three hands playing the guitar. It just sounded really good. I wanted that to be my core uh, self as a musician and then have anything relating to my hand be secondary. And now what, I, what I'm also realizing and softening to it, possibly because I do feel like I play at a level that I had hoped to reach one day, that those two things can work more, more in concert with themselves. If people walk into a, a club where I'm playing after, after sometimes they're like, I didn't even realize you had one hand until like midway through the show. And I take that, I think they mean that as sort of a compliment. At the same time, if somebody walks in and that's the very first thing they see, I welcome that as well and have the opportunity to, to talk with them about that uh, and to be somebody who is a, oftentimes, especially like as an ambassador for that deeper purpose of the Lucky Finn project, that they meet somebody who is confident in themselves, who, uh, who is ready to answer questions. And then maybe the next time they go out to and, and meet somebody else that they've had a positive impact or encounter with, with
with somebody like they're similarly different. So um, I think it's it works both in my life. Is that, how, how about you? Yeah, I think so. You know, because what it does is open Pandora's box to a, a group of people who have a similar defect. And the fact that you are living, thriving, you know, living, surviving, and thriving, they see you as a role model. So in my paradigm of congenital heart disease, having conquered a lot of medical procedures because of God, I, I feel responsibility and also a source uh, to basically give encouragement to parents that your children will be able to have a beautiful life. They will fall in love. They will get married. They will go to college. They will do all these things. And, and that's the same thing you want for everybody. And so I, it's given my music more purpose. I, I say all the time, my heart has been healed time and time again. And it's my life's work to use music to heal your hearts. And obviously this is what you're doing, Tony. Um, but, but it can't always be smiles and cheery and happy. Do you have dark moments where you just are really frustrated? I have, yeah, I certainly have, have faced my, my uh, share of frustration and challenge. Um, I don't face a lot of challenge related to my hand. Uh, I think when I was a teenager, it was hard to, some days, like, the, the story that I tell is it took me, I can build this cast now in about one minute. And I build it each time that I play guitar. But it took me almost eight years of trial and error to build for the first time. And when I first went to the guitar teacher in my community to express that I was interested in learning to play, he said, that's really cool. Uh, I wish you well. I don't feel qualified to teach you. I've never seen anybody play like that before. Um, so the, all, all of these things, I think, could serve as something to, to get you down. But the thing was, I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to play either. I felt like I had to, even as a, maybe one of the gifts that I was given was almost just this, this this long view of making music part of my life of, okay, then I'm going to have to, if he's not able to teach me, then I'm going to have to find another way. And I think that's that kind of like get scrappy mentality is something that's all throughout my, my story, learning to play guitar with duct tape and learning to teach myself to play from a book because a teacher didn't know how to help me that those things might sting for a second in the moment, but they're the things that also really build your character and shape you later on. Um, I would say things that challenge me now more than more than others are like how I can successfully run a small music business. You know, I'm, I'm totally independent. I book all my own music and shows. I, I write my stuff. I record my stuff. And when you're in that world, that's, that's hard. There's days where you feel like you work for 14 hours and barely, you know, made a step forward in what you were doing that day. But, uh, Ultimately, when I look back on those days, I do think that they they do help to build who you're supposed to be. I agree with you. I also think that, you know how the saying goes, that when you first get married and you live in that small apartment, people say those were the happiest times of your life when you were poor and you had one car and you're together. I think the same thing is when you're an independent musician and, you know, you're running the show right now as i look back those were some of my happiest moments and yet there's always this drive to want more mm -hmm. because we are godlike in in the aspect of making things 
bigger, better, and more beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so we're constantly evolving and, and it's just in our nature. So I share your pain with that, but at the same time, I think it's a huge blessing right. that you are in control right now of your future. Dolly Parton, speaking to a lot of artists, said, "I, you know, we asked her, you ever get tired of showing up? And she said, well, I dream myself into a corner. <laughs> I love that. So you do get what you ask for. Knock and the door will be open. Ask and you yeah. shall receive. Which is why the advice to Charlie was from Willy Wonka, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. It, it may all come true. And I see this obviously happening happening with you, Tony. So I'm really thrilled to be able to meet you and, and, and hopefully maybe we can do some work together with this, with our own defects and, and bring in some light to the world. Um, can you can you play for me something from yeah. the, the, this new project? What's the, what's the song name? This song is called Try to Trade. And um, it's, the lyrics, I think, pretty pretty much self uh, are pretty self-explanatory. But it's a uh, every song on this new album really speaks to just different elements of having faith and hope and courage, faith and hope and courage, and just I think those are things that we need reminders of. These are songs that when I uh, when I go to schools and, and churches, I say this is a song that hope gets stuck really deeply in your head, so that when you you know maybe it's not today that you're going through that hard hardship, but uh, maybe a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, you just get this back in your head uh, and remember that that you have a purpose. While I'm alive, I will it well Though I know the road won't be all clear Won't let the chaos overwhelm Gonna stand my ground, gonna stay right here. Gonna stand my ground, gonna stay right here. Oh, the world waits on me some days. I keep praying that God. Yeah. 
Thank you for being with us on All Heart. Thank you so much for hosting me. It's been a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. God bless you. While I'm alive, I will live well, though no 